Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. Or this is a, uh, a book you haven't heard of before, maybe heard of it. Uh, this is a very, very, very powerful book. We're going to be in this for several weeks digging into the chapters of of what Paul is actually teaching this church group. And the overarching thing you're going to hear in this whole series is this. It is very important that we know the correct gospel. It is very important that we know the correct gospel. And so before we even move forward, what is the gospel? Maybe if you've been in the church world, you've heard it. If you're new to church or if you're online like Jason, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll give you a little background. The gospel is the most important thing in the entire universe because it is the good news of how Jesus has come to save humanity. So there was a huge void that had to be answered for humans because we have sinned, you have sinned, we have created this turmoil and mess in which we cannot get ourselves out of. Because the way you get out of this mess is that innocence has to take the place of the guilty. Innocent must take the place of the guilty. And in the Old Testament, God set up a way of doing things uh, before Jesus came that was a temporary holder for that in which they would sacrifice animals. It was a small way of remembering for the people that they are guilty and something must be sacrificed or given up for them. When Jesus comes, he starts everything new and he says, I am the sacrifice of God as the Son of God He died, took our punishment, rose again on the third day, is now seated as the king in heaven, in which he's going to be returned again. The gospel, when we speak of the gospel, is the lifeblood of Mosaic Church. Uh, It's one of our core values in which we say the gospel changes everything. We believe with our whole heart that the gospel is the foundation of everything we talk about, dream about, sing about. It's Jesus. A whole lot of Jesus all the time. If you've been around for a while, you've heard that before. If you're a little bit newer, not all churches talk like that. Sometimes we get into self-help. Sometimes we get into how to be a better person. And, and, the, and being a good person and growing in your faith, that's all important. And I don't say I'm taking negative about that. But I want to tell you, we are growing in our faith because of the gospel. And this is something I have said for years, and I believe to my heart. I grew up in the church a little bit later in my life, I didn't start as a baby in church. I, got, I found Jesus when I was a little bit older and school age. And uh, they would share the gospel, an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. And as a youth, I raised my hand every Sunday. And I had the most amazing Sunday school teachers who were so patient with me. And they would take me to the side and like, Jesus, uh, Jesus is already in your heart. You've asked him in your heart. And I would say, I've done so many bad things. I yelled at my teacher and I punched the girl in the face on the playground <laughs> this last week. And she said, doing bad things doesn't take you away from Jesus. You just have to confess those things. You're already forgiven. So as a youth, my idea of the gospel has always been messed up. Because I thought, if I did bad things, now God's mad at me. If God's mad at me, he doesn't forgive me. Kind of like a bad parent, like a bad dad. You know, I love you when you're good and have good grades. I don't love you when you're being disobedient. And so my gospel story was messed up. So I've been hearing the gospel for my whole life. And... Then I would sit in church once I got it, and I would hear the pastor go up in front and talk about the gospel, and I would do the, oh, I've heard this one already. 
which some of you are already doing. I've heard this story. I know Jesus forgives me. I know these things. And this is something I realized. If I get tired of hearing the gospel, I don't truthfully understand it. Because every time I hear it, it should put more of a fire in my heart for the fact of how much he's already forgiven me this week. And every time I hear it and embrace it, it makes me say, oh my word, what do I do to take a step forward to be closer to you, Jesus? And every time I hear it ignites a fire to say, I have friends and family and community members who do not have the joy and peace of knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they're terrified when they die. They're terrified about their life. They're terrified. They don't know the peace of following Jesus and being one of his disciples. So every time I hear the gospel now, I'm like, this is so awesome. That's how the church was started. Our core value, the gospel changes everything, is one of our five core values. Because I believe when we embrace the gospel, the true gospel, not the made-up one or the confusing one, the true gospel, everything changes both now and for eternity. And so in this book of Galatians, we're going to see Paul in his version at a different time saying, hey guys, you got to stick to the true gospel. Because believe it or not, it was messed up then and it's still messed up now. You can pick up a book by a pastor that's going to tell you a very different story than what Paul's going to be teaching us from Galatians chapter 1 today. And that pastor has made millions of dollars on a book that's being sold saying it's a different type of gospel. And so at Mosaic, this is our we are not going to bend. We stick to the word of God. It's smarter than I am. I Hopefully you guys appreciate that. And I just want to teach what Paul has taught because Paul is teaching us so much right as we kick off this series. But a little bit of background. Uh, the book of Galatians is written by, mentioned the Apostle Paul. Uh, he was not one of the disciples of Jesus in person. You don't see him during Jesus' time. He converted later. Uh, he has an appearance by Jesus comes to him. Uh, he has this miraculous turnaround where he was a murderer and he was actually persecuting Christians. And he flipped his life around and gave his life to Christ. So if you think you can't, you've done too much, you're not Paul. So I think you're already winning. So if Paul can switch, anybody can switch. So Paul has this huge miraculous turnaround, and he is just unbelievably on fire of sharing the message with people that would hear. And so Paul is one of our very, very first church planters. So what we're doing is not new or cool. Paul started this over 2,000 years ago. Um, I just have to travel like half a mile. He, this dude is traveling miles and miles, right? So a church planner, he is going around in different areas, and he's establishing churches as he goes on this journey. You can show the map if you guys would in the back. Um, he's moving through here, and there's an area in Turkey, north central Turkey, which was Galatia. And so this area had multiple cities. And so what Paul would do is he would go to an area, and he would establish a church. As that church is established, he'd get it going, and then he'd move on to the next one. So in, in church terms, like he just got things going and he moved on, had to go. So he gets it going, next city, next city, next city. And these regions, sometimes regions would have multiple churches, and that's with Galatia. And so Paul then, his teaching, imagine you just come to know Jesus, you hear this guy talk for only X amount of months, maybe a year, depending on how long he's in the area, moving around, and this dude's gone, okay, so he's gone. He now uses letters of correspondence to be able to teach. So what we read in the Bible, the book of Galatians, is a letter that he wrote to his churches in this region. You may not know that, that it's a letter 
to a literal group of people. So it would be like if I established Mosaic, I said, I need to go church plant. I'm leaving. Uh, my calling is to Mosaic Hawaii, so I'm going to go there. Um, one of the nice islands, hopefully. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. Like, don't relax. <laughs> uh, but I would establish a church. I would move to another place, and then I would write letters to you, and I'd write letters to the leadership, and I would say, greetings in the name of the Lord. I have heard that you guys are going through some things, and I want to share with you how actually you should be living your life. That's the Bible, and that might be new to you, and that's the letters of Paul. So in this one specifically, we're working on Paul in this one in uh, Galatia. The letter's written approximately 50 AD, so Jesus had been gone for approximately 50-some years or so-ish, give or take some years in there. Uh, Jesus had passed. He's now on this missionary tour, and he's writing this book. And a problem started to happen in the churches of the region. Uh, Judaizers were coming through, were Jewish Christians who were blending the gospel that Paul was saying, which was saying, it is grace alone. Jesus Christ has done everything for us. He is the Messiah. He is the chosen one who has come to save you. He is God's son. But then the Judaizers started coming in and blending, and as they came in, the problem was they're saying, but you have to be Jewish at the same time because you can't just throw out the old way of doing things. So you have to have all of the Jewish practices plus Jesus comes into it. And there's one more caveat. If a Gentile or a non-Jewish person comes to know Jesus as Savior, they must be circumcised. Um, you can imagine the line waiting out the door for that one. Circumcision for the Jewish people was something that was done at a young age to show that they were men and a people group that were set apart by God as God's chosen people. This was a mark or a way that differentiated them from others. So circumcision was something that happened way before the time of Paul's letter. But the, the people who were still in the Jewish culture and the Jewish way of thinking were saying, we hear you, but you have to do both. See, God set this up for us, but now you're saying it's Jesus alone. We don't believe that. We believe that there's two and what started happening is that Paul would leave an area and these teachers would start to come in who were blending the two and they were confusing everybody. It was very, very confusing. So imagine if you were a Gentile or non-Jewish person, you accepted Christ as your savior and like, well, now you have to learn everything about being Jewish and everything about being a Christian at the same time. Very, very confusing. If you're a Jewish man or a Jewish woman, and all of a sudden, wait, all of our heritage and the way that we've done things, the way God set things up in the Old Testament, we just let that go now? We just, we're just saved by grace? Like, that doesn't make any sense to us because it was so instilled in them from such an early age. And so this tension is what we're seeing in the book of Galatians. Two different messages. Are we saved by grace? which means God sent all you call in the name of Jesus and you'll be saved, or are you saved by what you do and a little bit of grace? Let me say that again. Are you saved by grace? And we use the word works. Your, what you're doing in your life. Are you saved by grace? Are you saved by what you do? Or is there a blending of those two? Yes, you're saved by grace, but you still have to do things to be able to have salvation in Jesus Christ. So you could see how this gets very, very confusing very, very early. Pastor and author Tim Keller writes this. In the letter to the Galatians, Paul expounds in detail what the gospel is and how it works. He expounds in detail of what the gospel is just in this one chapter and how it actually works. And so for us, right away, you're going to see this. The gospel is all about Jesus, what he did, and namely his sacrifice for us or the good news. 
And this, compo- this concept's going to be expanded more and more as he gets into the letter. But it's God's undeserved favor, which is what we will call grace, in which everything is based on. It's just God's favor and his grace and his love. Because when we were all messed up, he came to save us. And now our life of following the Lord and changing our ways is that we now follow our master because he has a better way for us. But it gets confusing. It's because even in our culture right now, and I know some of your religious backgrounds or non-religious backgrounds are saying, okay, you are really pushing against the way I grew up. Because when I grew up, if I didn't take sacraments, I'm not going to heaven. The way I grew up, is if I don't live a good life, I'm not getting in. And so for some of us in the room, because of our stories and our pasts, or maybe because we haven't heard the true gospel, we have this tension in us of saying, wait a minute, I kind of feel there's like a sliding bar here. And as long as I'm better than those people below me, I'm good. And then what we do when we live this way is we set the bar of which we think I'm in and I'm out, but we as humans set it. Well, I've talked to a lot of you in different formats, and here's the thing. You all have different marks based on your life. Well, I didn't kill anybody. Hey, great start. Like, that's a great start. I didn't do this. At least I'm not as bad as blank. These things, I've done so many good things. But when you read the Word of God, it tells us that all of our good works are like filthy rags. Nothing we can do is good apart from God. So the tension point now begins okay, where is salvation in this whole story? If the gospel truthfully is grace-filled, that God just gives it to me, it's just, he just loves me, then how does that work? And then what am I expected to do with my life after that? Like, do I change? Do I stay the same? Is it grace that I just, God keeps forgiving me and I just keep messing up? And I don't care, like I can just sin away, sin, 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 but don't worry, God forgives me? Or is it really a movement of grace that God is changing us in our lives? So that's what we're going to be digging into our scripture today, Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. Um, I'm going to challenge all of us in the next six weeks to read the book of Galatians as a study, as you guys are studying and reading, if you're new to Bible reading, uh, we're going through this together, so this is a great time for you to open up the Word and read Galatians, which is going to explain to us the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of how the gospel changes everything. So remember, this is a letter being written to a real, real churches in real time. This isn't fictitious. This is really a letter that we hold today. So he opens like a greeting. I would say, hey, Mosaic, sup. That's how I would write my letter to you. Paul's a little more articulate. Let's get in Galatians chapter 1, 1 to 10. Paul, an apostle... Set not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion or trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. 
As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Now, am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So he sets the tone right away in chapter 1. Hey, guys, what are you doing? Like, just instant yell, right? What are you doing? Like, he uses the word, I am astonished how quickly you are turning away from the true gospel. And this is what's so important. His urgency and his, in his conversation, his tenseness in this, is because if the gospel is tainted in any way, the gospel then is going to be shifted off of the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Understand this, that when we think of our faith walk and we ask the question, where does my works fit into this? If you believe that what you do somehow earns you merit into salvation or forgiveness from God, what we do is we deplete the power of the cross, saying it's Jesus plus me. So therefore, Jesus did the work, but I have to add into the story of the gospel. And the truth is, that would put us at a place of glory. And if Jesus gets glory and we get a little bit because, hey, we earned this, so hey, I get the pat on the back, you're missing the true power of the gospel because the gospel is Jesus alone. He did it all by himself. You didn't help. You couldn't help. He doesn't want your help. That's not the gospel. All we have to do is say, Jesus, you did it all. Thank you. I believe. And you took my punishment for me on the cross. But that gets blended. In our culture, it gets blended, like I said, so easily. It starts to get blended into, I, I don't like that gospel because here's, it means I'm not in control. I want to be in control in some little way, and I see you're smirking, so you totally understand what I'm saying. I see you smirking on Facebook Live, too. I, you, you, somehow, some way, we want to say, Jesus, take the wheel, but let me hold on to, right? <laughs> Jesus, I thank you for the cross and all your work, but I somehow have to be in control of my life. I have to be in control of my salvation. I want to be able to stand before God and say, God, why you should let me into heaven is because I was a really good person, and I helped people across the street, and I didn't murder anybody. That's my standard for getting into heaven. And that, I, from the Bible, that's not how that works. When you get to heaven, I've said this before if you've heard it, the questions asked, if God asks you, why should I let you in my heaven, which is not going to happen most likely, but let's just pretend, why should I let me in my heaven? The true answer, if you understand the gospel, is you should not. I don't belong here. I'm just resting on the fact that you made a promise that if I accept your son who took my sacrifice, that he took the punish for me, therefore I'm in because of him. In because of him. Not because of me. I'm in because of him. That's the gospel. And what was happening back then in, in Paul's days, it was getting blended. So it was like, yeah, you're in because of him, but you also got to be Jewish. So let's add the Jewish flavor to that. You have to follow the customs. Men have to be circumcised. They come to the Lord. And Paul says, I'm astonished, guys, that why are you adding to something that's so beautiful and so simple? All you have to do is give your life to Christ. But why are you adding all this extra stuff? And there are teachers among you. There are people who are adding to this and blending things, but that has no gospel at all. American culture as you've heard from me earlier, I love American culture. Not at all. Um, I, I get frustrated with American Christian culture, and 
And this is the reason why I really get frustrated, guys. I get frustrated because I, I see the gospel so simply, but American Christian culture adds all of our American values into our Christianity. So we take our American values of, I want to be successful, I want to be in control, I want to have a hand in things. We take our American values of, I want to be comfortable, I want things to be easy, I want it to be all about me. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is everything's all about him, and nobody else gets a spotlight in that, not one person. To the greatest person you've ever seen walk with the Lord, if you've seen that amazing man and amazing woman who, like, you know has walked with Jesus, and they're just amazing, they get none of the spotlight. Billy Graham gets none of the spotlight. Name your favorite Christian hero of all time. They get none of the spotlight. The only spotlight is Jesus Christ. That's the true gospel. But sometimes we kind of want a little of the flavor ourselves too. Sometimes I want to think that if I'm good enough, somehow God likes me more than you. Well, I'm a pastor and I was a church planner. God has to like me a whole lot more than these people, right? In Emphatically, that's not how that works. What you have is you have people who are called. He called me to be obedient. I'm not greater than you. I'm not less than you. I'm in this story with you. And if you've gone through church stories and there's been abuse, or you've had pastors who've spoken down to you, friends, let me just say to you, I'm so sorry because that's not the gospel. The closer I get to the gospel, the more I realize I don't understand the gospel, and I get to my knees even more. The more I get closer to Jesus, I realize how far away I am from him. And I say, who am I to speak your words to people, is what I say. I'm sitting down here praying before messages, God, I don't want to mess this up. Holy Spirit, you have to speak because this is the most powerful thing in the entire world. It's the gospel. You have to speak. I'm just Jason. But unfortunately, gospel in our American Christian culture has been twisted and tainted at times. We add things to it. We try to add more things to the American Christian view. But let's, let's start to cut that terminology and let's start to use the terminology as I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's start to start thinking of the gospel for the beauty of which it is, which is a spotlight onto Jesus that says my salvation and everything that comes now is because of the beauty of him. And that's where Paul uses the word astonished, blown away. In our terminology, guys, you got to be kidding me. How could you fall for such an unholy, wrong gospel? I want you to read this passage again for you, and I want you to listen to this again through these words and looking at it through how he spotlights Jesus. Let me read this again. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of God our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion or trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, already said, so now I say again, if anybody's preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Now am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? 
No, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Two times he says this. This is a bold statement. I don't know if I could say this. If even an angel from God himself comes to you and says to you, there's a different gospel, then let them be cursed. And he says, let me say that again. So he really wanted these people to get this through the head. If you hear anything, even an angel with wings and halos and glowing light says, there's a different gospel than the one that we have taught, which is Jesus Christ is the only one, then let them be cursed. That is bold. This guy is swinging hard. And this is why I believe he's swinging hard. If we mess up the gospel, we are pointing people not to Jesus. If we don't do this correctly, and what I mean by this, if we are speaking the wrong gospel, if we're replicating the wrong gospel, we are not pointing people to Jesus, we're pointing them to works. If I say to you, hey, be great people, be great workers, love your community, you know, eat lots of snacks, love people well, but I don't say to you, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. I'm preaching the wrong gospel to you, and I should be condemned and cursed by God. That's how strong Paul's message is. Because when we teach the wrong thing or we're replicating the wrong thing, friends, understand what Paul's saying. There's no gospel there. It's the wrong one. And the wrong one leads you not to Jesus. It leads you to death. And so Paul in this letter is just being so really logical. And he says this. I love how he ends it. Look, am I trying to, I'm trying to get you guys to like me? Or am I trying to teach the right thing? I don't care if you all like me. I'm teaching the right thing. In his words, am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? He's like, even though this is hard and it hurts, I'm here to speak the truth of God, even if you don't like what I'm about to say. Even if all the Jewish people think I'm terrible, I don't care what anybody thinks. You can cancel me on Twitter. I don't care what you think. I'm here to speak the truth of God. And hopefully, friends, for those who've been here for a while, you'll see that's our story too at Mosaic that we will stick to the word. Because here's another word I want you to hear today to prove what I'm saying. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of work, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we are saved by grace so that we do good works. And that's now where everything happens. Our life is being transformed into the likeness of Christ because now in the year 2022, I view myself as one of his 12 disciples. I'm one of his 12. There's more of us now, but I'm one of his 12, right? I'm one of his disciples that follows him in the year 2022 that's sharing. And you are called to be a disciple of his. And our purpose now is we are saved to do good works. So now we bring the kingdom of God or God's value system to earth, and now the works that I do is because I'm created for it, not because it saves me. Saved by grace, created to do good works. If you flip those around, I do good works, therefore I'm saved. You see, it's a completely wrong gospel. Robert Rappa, in Expositor's Bible Commentary, says this. I love how this is says. Alternative gospels such as those preached by Paul's opponents, distort God's intended redemptive activity and leave humanity to suffer the just result of sinfulness. 
These gospels do not reconcile people to God, do nothing to remedy human sinfulness, and thus must be condemned in the strongest possible way, particularly since God has provided in the gospel of Christ the way of escape, and that is the gospel of the, the Galatians have already embraced. Bearers of false gospels may be persuasive and appealing, and their messages may resonate with their hearers at some level, but even Satan may appear as an angel of light. Friends, when you hear people speak, when you read books, when you're listening to podcasts, when you're watching that guy on television who's paid a lot of money to be on there, that lady, what doesn't matter? Are you taking it through the lens of Scripture, what people are saying, or are you just assuming that they're teaching you the right thing? Because I think that's part of our problem in 2022. There's a million voices out there. And I'd say the gospel of Jesus Christ, Google the gospel, and you will see a whole lot of things. And I say to this, friends, it is the day and age in which you can't assume what people say is true. You can't assume what I'm saying is true. Take it to the word of God. Use the word of God as your litmus test. Because any gospel outside of the gospel in which the word of God tells us is a false gospel, and you have to, must to reject it, and do not replicate that. Just because you're on TV doesn't mean you're right. Just because you're not on TV doesn't mean you're wrong. And so I share with you, friends, that we must always hold true to the true gospel and not a fake gospel. So if it's not our works, it's not our religiosity, it's not our heritage, how and where have you put your faith in Christ? There's a couple of verses I just want to share with you today because I want to prove to you again what I am saying here today is from the word of God, not only from Galatians, but I want you to hear this verse with a new light. And I'm going to read more to it. We all know John 3, 16. It's on you know, the under eyes and all that stuff and the signs. But I want you to hear this differently now. John 3, 16 to 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. There's no asterisk by it that says, whoever believes in him and is a very nice person, whoever believes in him and gives a lot of money to charity, there's no asterisk. Whoever believes in him, and there is no and. Whoever believes in him finds eternal life. And then it says in Romans 10, 9 to 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess you are saved. These are the words from the Bible. These are the word of God. So anytime we add anything to this, I'm like, oh, Paul said that the curse of God should be in anybody who adds stuff to the gospel. So I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to read what he said today. Because here's the beauty of this word. It's simple, and it's for all of us. No matter where you are in your faith journey right now, I want you just to process, have you believed a false gospel? Has your story with Jesus been one in which you've added a few extra things to it? If I just do these things, then I'm okay with God? The problem is, friends, is you're never going to be okay with God. Only Jesus takes the punishment and says, now we're okay with God. You can't add to it. He doesn't want you to add to it. He just wants you to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe 
in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, it is that simple. And now we're put into the right place of what we should be, which is our actions and our life now get to be on mission with him. The gospel is so easy. I don't know why we complicate it so much. I don't know. Maybe it sells more books. I don't know why we do it. It's so simple, guys. It's just, do you really believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? That is it. And when we give our life to Christ, the whole transformation happens from death to life. And now it's not just a prayer and I go on my way. It's a full submission to the master of the universe. Open hands and say, God, you have saved me. Tell me what to do. That is the only reason I'm standing here today. In the last three years, there have been 20 different reasons why I should quit. Stop and finish this thing up. Hey, it was a good run. And every time I came to a place of another hardship, another broken heart, another betrayal, another issue, I simply said, God, I'm your disciple. Where do you want me to go? I had a sabbatical this summer, a mini sabbatical, and I, I was sitting in my camper. We have a nice land, and I had my keys on the table to the church. And I'm sitting at my little camper table, and I slid the keys across the table. And I said, God, I will leave right now if you want me to, because I'm not going another step without you. This is too hard without you, Master. And I sat there in prayer, and I sat there in silence for a while. And I'm here for a reason. No, obey me. I'll take care of the rest. That's the journey with Jesus. It's not my wants or my desires or my heart. It's not my good works. It's none of that. It's my obedience to the master. I've given my life to him because he's my master. Everything comes through that filter now, including my life, my family's life, my future. And I'll tell you what, it is a roller coaster like no other, but it wouldn't be given up for anything. I wouldn't give it up for anything. I just want to be where God tells me to be. I entered ministry that way. I'm going to exit ministry that way. Just tell me where you want me to be. I just want to do what you want me to do. You've forgiven me of so much. I am not worthy to even say your name out loud in public, yet you've called me to speak. Who am I? So if you feel that way, maybe we can relate. Because the true gospel says you don't have to earn anything extra to it. You just got to believe. And then buckle up. I've got an awesome ride for you. And so today, I want to offer you the true gospel. I'd be remiss if I don't. And this is what I'll ask you to do. If you've been in the Christian circles for a while, perhaps you've seen people raise hands or come forward, anything like that. Um, I'm going to ask you the question, do you want the true gospel, the one you heard today, that Jesus Christ alone is the way of salvation? Do you want to know what it means to be on that journey with him? And would you allow us to walk with you and start to disciple you in this journey? I don't care how old you've been. I don't care how long you've been in the church. If you have not known the true gospel of Jesus Christ, you're like, this is new, Jason. We are here to walk with you in the journey. This is what I'm going to do very simply. I'm going to say a prayer with you. This isn't the salvation prayer. That's all of a sudden, boom, you're in. It's your heart and your confession. I'm going to walk with you through it. On the back of your seats, there's a prayer request code. We're going to sing a song. Scan that with your phone. That's going to go directly to me and to my leadership team. And we will, all you say, I accepted Jesus today. It's super simple. We will contact you in the next week and say, hey, tell me your story. I'd love to hear your story. And I'll share with you my story. Because you think you get on a stage because you're a good person. That's not how that works. You become a pastor because God calls you. You become a disciple maker like you because he calls you. You become a child of God 
because he's calling you to that right now. So I'm going to pray with you. If that's a prayer you want, pray with me. Um, and we'll pray that. And then I said, as we have our next song, scan that. Let us know, and we'll walk with you on your journey of what it means to be a disciple of following Jesus. Here's the prayer. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you came and took all the punishment for me. I call you my Lord and my Savior, and I know there's no way to earn my way to heaven. It comes only through you. Jesus, I believe that you died and that you rose again, and that was the forgiveness of sins, and because of that, I am forgiven. It's all because of you. Jesus, I believe that you are the king. You are seated at the right hand right now of God, and I believe that you're coming back again. Jesus, I believe you've done everything to save us, and today I give you, not just with words, I give you my entire life, and I want to be one of your disciples in the year 2022. Jesus, we love you. We pray this in your great name. Amen. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering for service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world. Visit us at mosaicwi.com.